All right, it is 9.33. Joining me now for our Master Gardener segment is our friend Barb Lampson. Good morning, Barb. Hey, good morning, Karen. And it's a beautiful fall day. I got up this morning and I said, I think we have to put the furnace on. No, not, yeah. no, Barb, come on. My husband said, oh, it's 69 in here. We don't need the furnace. Well, so what do you set yours at in the winter then? Oh, probably about uh, 69. Oh, we said ours at about 67. So, yeah. So, we're not there. We're not quite there yet. But yes, yeah. yes, yes. Well, I actually, after I was up a little while, I was up at five o'clock this morning. Uh, my um, the cicadia rhythms are, uh, you know, I'm into spring. You You're know, still wanting to go out and get out and work outside. Probably. Yeah. Yes. Hey, you know, that's so true. I just wanted to give a shout out to um, uh, Scott Kadelka. I got his Our local naturalist at Minneopa Park, and he has about 500 people that are on his newsletter. And last night I got the recent newsletter, and the pictures are so extraordinary that he sends along. And he had pictures, which, by the way, the friends of Minneopa take many of these pictures, along with uh, Tim. Um, is it uh, Pulis? Pulis. Pulis. And and they're this great, but he had. Uh, if you if you can't get out to Minneopa, and to see, you know what it looks like when the falls aren't running. Right, uh, kind of dried up, and the creek is dry, and the trees are changing, and and the mist, how it looks when it's foggy. Oh, I mean, just great pictures, and and you know, this is a program he started before. We <clears throat> have so much more. <clears throat> excuse me, we have so much more uh, connection with with Minneopa now, simply because he's doing this. It's also because of the newsletter. Really. <clears throat> yeah, it's great. It's wonderful. Well, yeah, so everybody should probably sign up. I'm sure if you go online, you could probably figure out, just go to Minneopa Park and ta- right, connect right. on the news. Well, thanks for that advice. I'll have yes. to do that because well, I'm not good. on that either. Glad to hear it. You know, when it was so hot and it was so dry, I just thought, I I got to make this garden smaller. Next year, <laughs> I'm not oh, going no. to be doing this. I'm doing this smaller. And finally, we got through the heat, and then it was time, and I decided I went to the store. I had to purchase 96 tulips, and they had to be planted, and I was digging, and I thought, this soil is so hard, and I I am not going to do this again. This is just Mm. crazy. It's taking up all my time. So when I was done for about two days, I rested, (laughs) and, and I took care of some correspondence I had and and made some phone calls and then and on the third day I went outside and I was all invigorated and I thought I gotta make a list here right you know I am going to make a list of plants that do really well in this kind of weather that last a long time don't mind it being dry they right and they don't mind it being hot the soil dries out And they just simply last a long time. And a couple of the things that I thought of right away were the peonies. Because the peonies in my yard, there's a couple that I have added, but there's some that... um, well, I when we had a place at the lake, I had them there, and then I moved them into town when we bought this house. Maybe, I thought 25 years, but the more I thought about it... They're more. 
it, it's even longer than that. And there's that. some old farmsteads you can still see from years sure, and years and years. Sure. They keep coming back. And, and I just took the foliage off the plants now. Just now. <clears throat> see, yeah. I did before because mine had a little powdery mildew, so I took it yes. off right away yes. when that happened. So uh, that is just a great plant. And you get those enormous flowers. And for the most part, um, even if you get... Uh, uh, like black spot or powdery mildew, cut off the foliage, get rid of it. it you don't get it again. It's it's when it's so humid and when they can't, the leaves don't dry off. You at know, night. I love the smell of peonies. I do too. And the, the only thing is is that they last a short <coughs> time, especially if you get that really hot weather. So I think they're a nice plant to put as accents throughout the garden. I've seen some people that have like entire hedges, and so they're really beautiful just for a little while. So sure. I think it's a nice one to use maybe just around as a part of your whole landscape. So again, this is something that's hardy, it's reliable, but it's a one-time bloomer. Right. You get it that Shorter one time, time and then that's it. But it's it's extremely memorable. And if you cut the buds before they start opening up, put them in water, put them in your refrigerator, they will last in there a very long time. When you get ready now for them to open up, you take them out and you put them at room temperature, and they just gradually open. So you can extend the bloom that Right. Way. Some people refrigerate them, and even I know we'll refrigerate them and save them. And if you've got a wet, wedding later, they will sure. bring them out, and then they can use them. So it's kind of a, yes. you have to know how what you're doing, of sure. course. Nice stems on them, too. And then I also thought about um, bleeding hearts. You know, <clears throat> a bleeding heart is a plant that I have seen all my life. It oh, was, my grandma's, that's what I remember. Right, right. Yep. Right. And and that's the same kind of a plant. It, it but it has a longer blooming range and it it will tolerate the drought. It will tolerate at least in my garden it will tolerate sunshine as well as shade and it just does amazingly well and you know there's the old-fashioned ones i remember growing up with were the pink ones but i've also got ones that are hybrids that are called valentine they're the bright red ones and then i've got some that have the more chartreuse uh leaves so they're more mm-hmm. bright green and with a white uh, bleeding hearts. So th- so they've gotten some more varieties. But the nice thing about them too is is they do last a long time and some of them will die back then. So yes. then like my hostas will fill in around them. So they're just yes. a nice thing to have. So you can kind of have a change in your garden scene. Absolutely. That, that's what's so great about them. They're harder. Um, if you have a larger plant, you don't ever want to try and transplant that because the root is very woody and it just simply falls apart. Do you, you ever get the babies? Because mine have a lot of little yeah, babies. Do they yep. turn true? Because I've never got any big enough no. to know that yet. No. They, oh. if, some of them do, but um, uh, some of them will go back to white. And oh. a, a white is very, very nice. But they grow very, very easily, and if you want to share the bleeding heart, that's the best way to do it is, is these seedlings that okay. come up in your garden. And then I thought about uh, my garden flocks. Do you know that I have a garden flocks um, in my garden? one, And I think its name is, um, now I just forgot, because it has the, the variegated foliage on it. Okay. He, it has bloomed constantly. Uh, it started blooming the end of August, bloomed all of September, and is still blooming. Now, these are the taller flocks, because there's the creeping flocks, which are the ones yes. that are in the spring, and they have kind of a short bloom, but the, the fall flocks are... Yeah, and they call these garden flocks. Garden flocks, okay. Right, and, and they're late summer. 
is when they start. Okay. So, And there's a range with those as well, too. That is a great plant. Uh, that, again, it can get uh, uh, fungal diseases. I've got had some with powdery mildew, so you got to right. make sure they're not too crowded. Right. Yeah, thin them out right in the center and take out some of those stalks so that air can pass through there. But that certainly is a good plant. Very, very low maintenance, just really, really hardy. And then, you know, I like the Baptisia. I have do not have any, but I've seen them, and I think they're just beautiful. How long do they bloom? Because they're, they're just like a big, almost, they remind me a little bit of an alfalfa plant. Mm-hmm. And they just, but they can get so big and with these beautiful, uh, long plumes. plumes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some are blue. Purple. They've got yellow yeah. ones now. Yes. Um, are they pretty easy to grow? How long do they bloom? Oh, uh, well, I'll tell you what. Um, the yellow one, the new one, um, no, I forget the name of that is one. Is it Lemon Meringue? Because the one is called... It is Lemon Meringue, Yeah, because that right? one's beautiful. That, that one seems to last longer. Ooh. Now, I actually had, because I left a few of the seed pods on, and um, in dropping down, I got a seedling off from that. Oh, nice. And I, I didn't keep it because I thought, oh, it's probably going to be purple, <laughs> because that's where it came <laughs> from. And... And I've also gotten seed pods off from the the uh, purple one. The, the, very hardy. Again, they have a very very deep taproot. You don't try don't try and move them if you've got them in the wrong place. They're you're better off just to leave them there. I um, tried to uh, transplant a, a globe thistle. They're a type of flower, but they, they're yeah. kind of bluish. And they have a extremely deep taproot. So Jeff took the really long shovel. We dug and dug and dug and dug and dug and I'm pretty sure we snapped it off because I tried to transplant it and just within the next day it was like all crumbly. You know um, last uh, fall when I was moving into what had been my hosta garden I moved a globe thistle over there. You did? And how did you do it? Well uh, the thistle it it it's bigger on the sides so the side shoots they're attached to the main one but they are younger oh. and and i i got a chunk of that off i kind of uh excavated it you know when, when i was getting my degree in anthropology yeah we would do these digs out at the different sites and and i i very gently used a trowel and kept moving soil and moving soil until i could lift i had a bunch of the those root hairs and the main main piece that woody part and i took that whole thing and then i put it in a bucket of water for a couple of days i just thought maybe if it was injured you know this would be good got this hole, dug it, filled it with water so it's nice and moist, and then water drained right down. That put the plant in there, I put the soil in there, and it bloomed this year already. Well, I should have called you before we did this, but mine I had planted too close, and we're like, well, let's spread them out a little, sure. and we tried, and I, well, we'll see. Maybe it'll come yeah. back next year. Who knows? It's, it's a nice plant. Here's what's good about that that a lot of people don't know, that globe thistle, the bees absolutely Love it. Every and it can tolerate drought, too, because it yes. has such a deep tap. Right? Yes, it does. And because it gets fairly big, once it has bloomed, you cut that whole thing down to the bottom, and up come the new 
flowering stalks, oh. and you get more. Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, uh, mine it, is new, so mine um, actually this year didn't get blooms. I got them as like bare root early in the spring, sure. and I got them in kind of light, so they just had nice leaves yet. Right. So uh, with most of these things where you get a second bloom, delphinians will do that too, but the second bloom isn't like the first. Not as significant. It's um, The stalk coming up is smaller, and there are fewer flowers on it. But you do get bloomed the second time. I will say, I didn't realize I had a reblooming iris. You know, I'd got a bunch from Diane Selly uh, a yes. um, couple, couple years ago now. And all of a sudden, this fall, I had I have the most beautiful iris blooms now, this yellow one. And they are like like the first time they're blooming. And Jeff couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I, I cut wow. some and brought them home. But um, what a I, nice surprise. Oh, yeah, because I'm not I'm not a really fan of iris because they're kind of short-lived, but this one I think I'm going to leave there because some of them I've taken out. But sure. this one, you're a re-bloomer and you're coming back this nice? Yeah. I'm keeping you. Yeah, I, well, I like iris. It could be uh, one of my favorite, favorite flowers. Um, you're, you're right about uh, the iris bore can be really terrible, and there's also an iris disease can attack your plant. So you have to be mindful of that and the reason that you prevent that iris bore is to keep the the rhizomes clean on top don't let things accumulate on there because that's when you get all these eggs that are laid. so when you say clean on top meaning remove the foliage and other things that fall on it <coughs> the um sometimes we compost in our garden oh. and things get on top of the rhizome oh okay and then it's moist in there, and it's ideal for these eggs to develop. And then they... They find their way in the and they yeah, damage they, them, right? A lot of times they start from the top of the leaf and they go down. So yeah. another flower I want to talk about is lilies. And the Asiatic lilies, Barb, I don't know if you know, but the North Star Lily Society is having its fall bulb sale this Saturday. Right. And it is going to be at the Bachman's Heritage Room. That is where the Hosta Society had right. its meeting uh, a right. couple weeks nice ago. Nice room, very yep. nice room. And that's at Lindale <laughs> Avenue in Minneapolis. But they've got some great uh, opportunities, not only for the Asiatic lilies, they've got the trumpet lilies, mm-hmm. um, they've got the oriental lilies, a whole bunch of different... The martagons. Oh, martagons, and that's the one yes. that always go first. Um, Grant is on the board of that organization, Yes, and I read that. Yes, so we are going to be working at that, and um, it starts uh, for members. Members can uh, shop a little early. And, and nine get, o'clock. Yep, nine o'clock, but it goes till one o'clock, and so that, again, if you want uh, some first crack at some wonderful lilies, some of right. them are created and bred by some of the members, sure. so um, that's a great opportunity to get some. And again, that's this Saturday, October 23rd at the Bachman's at the Heritage Room and Lindale 6010 Lindale Avenue in Minneapolis, which isn't really that far away. And, and Grant will be there helping and I'll be there. And, and, and actually Jeff and Blake by <clears throat> default are going <laughs> to be there at well. So, um, and you know, it's only $10 to be a member for two years. I know. It's, so, I mean, it, you can't get it's anything. It's such a bargain. And yeah. you get this wonderful newsletter. Oh, you get beautiful. all this information. And we have great programs coming up. Well, here's the thing you don't have to be a member to buy. Oh, no. But, but the open to the public starts at 10. If you are coming, uh, and you're looking for something particular, you better come early. Be a member. Kind of like the hostess sale, so the people yes. that are members could get there early, and you get all the ones that you really want if right. you're, you know, otherwise you get kind of whatever. So David said to me, well, are you going shopping? And I said, 
Nope, I'm not. I, I, you know, I just got my five wonderful lilies from Holland, and I have them in the ground, and I'm so happy about that. Wonderful. I have three more as a birthday present from my son coming. They haven't arrived yet, and I said to David, I'm waiting for these three, and I know if I go, I will buy more. Right. And I'm not going to do that. You know what's interesting? Um, you t- mentioned you're waiting for some to arrive. The North Star Lily Society also ordered some special bulbs from elsewhere. And they will not be here because they've got the note that is still trying to await to arrive through U.S. Customs. So yeah. they're not going to have as many as they had hoped, just certain varieties. And one of them was one Grant really wanted. It's like an all-black lily because he's oh, just yes. fascinated. Yes. And, but so there is issues, you know, as we know with the shipping Absolutely. and things. So guess you you just don't know. Right. And the thing of it is, we do have another bulb sale, which is later on in the uh, spring, I think it right. is. Right. There's a spring one. Right. So if you if you didn't get or if you were looking for something uh, and they don't have it now, you'll maybe be able to get it there. The other thing is, if you want to see their garden, you can go up to the Arboretum and they maintain the iris or the iris, the lily garden up there. Right. It's really fantastic. Yeah. And then I know in the fall they've had lily bulb digs. And so Grant got a lot of ones. He got kind of the little... Um, rejects I guess because like they're little small ones so we have this whole area of things we weren't sure what it was and they're just beautiful the the one thing about lilies is is they they have a short bloom time but if you can space them out like get your martagons they bloom the earliest and then your asiatic lilies and then later on you can get some of the oriental that will bloom later so it's a way to ways to keep them uh, that's right blooming longer I like the fact that my orientals are taller than, than my Asiatics are. So, you know, I've got a little both that are, yeah, it just depends yeah, on the variety. Maybe, yeah, I suppose that's probably true. A lot of people don't realize that uh, lilies either have their faces upward, their blooms upward, or to the side. Or down. Or they hang down. Yes. So those three different ways. And then if you get to know that, it's easier to identify what you've got. Exactly. Now, the martagons are a little more expensive. And you say, well, why yes. is that? Well, to get, because Grant's been breeding Asiatic lilies, it takes a couple years to, to get a new Asiatic lily, at least to get an idea of what it's going to be looking like. It takes seven years before you can get one that's big enough to know what kind of martagon you'll get after crossing those. Right. So you pay for the, the labor and all that sort of thing. And, and here's the thing. So many of these crosses never get to the market because they're no good. The person that crossed them said, well, that's just like something else. This right. this isn't worthwhile. And all that labor, I, I, that would be my problem. It's like my favorite dress or something. It hangs in the closet even though I don't wear it because I love it. Right. I, you know, and there you would be with all these crosses that you made and you think, I just can't, I can't do that. Well, yeah. we've got a whole, I don't know, we've got several hundred that, that have been crossed. and we've, It'll be fun. Well, we have one that came back this year that looks very promising, so we'll have to wait another year to see how it develops a little more. So, and sure, then, sure. Yeah. Well, that's being a gardener. I think anytime you have a hobby, though, it, it always is waiting and learning and learning from your mistakes and, and celebrating when things go right. Right. So anyway, it's just, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Did you have anything freeze last night? Because it was cold and tonight's no, going to be... Now, Jeff did cover some things, but it sure. seemed not to be too bad out there. It's going to be a little colder, I think, tonight. tonight. I just wanted to mention one thing. While I was out uh, evaluating plants, David was out e- evaluating our outdoor 
lights that, uh, you know, if, you, if you've got a sidewalk, if you've got a porch and you've got steps, you pretty much have to have lights out there so when people come and visit you, they can make their way down the steps safely and onto the sidewalk and, and out to their car. And uh, we had several of those ground lights that um, the bulbs had burnt out. Oh. So he's been busy getting our, our pathway nicely lit again. And of course, we've got Halloween coming up. <laughs> Or we'll hope we'll have children coming for trick or treats. So you want to have good lighting if you haven't done that. Do you have the low voltage that, with the wire? Because there's some that yes. just use I I use a lot of times just the uh, solar ones, and you know they they burn out eventually too. But sure, the, the sure. low voltage ones we are, have the low voltage. They're more yeah. reliable. Yeah. yeah. Yes, they are. They give off more light too. I hope that they improve the solars because uh, that would be my preferred way of doing this right is just to use all solar but some of them are made so cheaply that they don't last very long because I've had some where they break off at the bottom and they just kind of uh, yeah yeah I I agree that is so true and then or, you feel like you're wasting all the stuff because it's plastic and crap going back into the, the landfills yeah yeah I agree um, I I don't know why we have to have imitations of things. I think some of the original stuff was much better than some of those lights that you can buy now. I, I mean, think it's because people like cheap stuff, you know? Yeah, 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 I suppose that's probably true. Hey, do you know what I'm really excited about? The Organics Place in Good Thunder is reopening. Did yes. you see that? I read that, and I was excited for you, and I thought, hey, this is cool. Because I had to, you know, I ordered that giant load of organic material when I restarted those big Mm -hmm. gardens when I moved those trees. And then for the last how many years, I haven't found anything. And I finally did find someone over by um, Austin or Albert Lee. And so then it was quite a bit for hauling and that sort of thing that I had to get to start my uh, my. Hasa uh, Garden. So I'm really glad to to know that we have uh, someplace local and it's using local waste, food waste, that sort of thing. And That's so, great. Yeah. yeah. And everybody needs to, you know, if you can start your own compost pile, oh my goodness, it's so easy to do. Well, how is yours doing? Because you have the, the 18, 18 day. day. Mm-hmm. Okay. So today is day 11 oh. on the first one that I started. And uh, as you know, we have carbon, which is the brown ingredient, and we have nitrogen, which as we say is the green ingredient. So I had leaves, and I had bark, and then I had uh, plants um, that I had dug up or or um, topped, and so uh, there was quite a mixture in there. And after four days, you turn it on the fifth day, and uh, and now um, today will be the eleventh day, and. Um, on the ninth day, there was no more green in there, oh. and the color is now uh, chocolatey brown, okay. and it's crumbly, and it's looking good. So next uh, Friday will be its 18th day, and then I can use it. Wow. And I have a second one started. Nice. And it's so interesting. I have a possum that's moved into my yard. Are you okay with that? No, I, I am not because in that one I had some old vegetables that right. I've taken from the garden oh, home, and that possum's been digging them out of of my pile. So I can't quite figure out: are possums are they um, uh, 
omnivores or are they oh they're so good possums or? are awesome they eat ticks <laughs> and i mean they're our friend like al bat would say if you have possums good for you because they eat ticks and, and things that are like problematic so um yeah they're 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 great well well that's good i mean i'm not chasing him away but we did see him there and um he's a looks he's not a baby but he's yeah they also eat this they're actually a lot fruits grasses insects mammals birds fish and even carry-on so they're kind of cleaner uppers a little bit and i guess there were, he was pulling out some old broccoli and some of the stems off from the broccoli and all and and that's what he'd taken out of the pile oh. and must have ate his fill and then was on his way again oh so. Yeah, so we are having a fundraiser. Yes, we are. And this morning we have the Minnesota River Valley Masters, Master Gardeners, of which you have been a member for since? Um, Sometime in the 80s. So many, many, many years. And you've been doing this radio show since uh, how long? Uh, This show, 35 years. I mean, the, the, yeah, so. We started out... um, (laughs) Um, I think with was Ronnie Burton and myself oh okay Ronnie was a professor up here she said we need to do this show at KMSU so we did and so then we did this one and the one at KTOE right right and then I know Kim Bussey joined you yes she did and Um, Ronnie retired from her job and she went to Philadelphia to visit her mom so and and that's how she then Kim took over and then you've been (laughs) the the, uh, I guess the solid person here that's just been here through all these years and the Minnesota River Valley Master Gardeners is a wonderful group we um, (laughs) meet monthly and and we do a lot of community projects and things and they also wanted to support this radio station because of we're able to get the word out and educate so if uh, they are matching dollar for dollar up to two hundred dollars this morning for the the matching grant that we need to reach by the end of my show which is 1130 and it's been quiet so far right right well I hope that uh People, if you're listening and if you've enjoyed the show and if you enjoy other programs, we have Al Bat. He's just such a great guy yes. talking about the birds. And we have um, Shelly and Tiamon in the morning with their wild sense of humor <laughs> and and their, their great music. And, and throughout the day, we have just wonderful uh, programs going on. So if you've enjoyed uh, the programs, uh, if you would just help us out with this grant, we'd really appreciate it. $200 is a lot, and uh, and it will become $400 if you let right. us double so it. Right, so we'll double, yeah. So whatever you want to give, we've got some nice water bottles. I don't know if you saw <clears throat> them, Barb, but as gardeners, that's yeah. something we can always certainly... I was going to show you the, if I could find the picture. A nice. I saw them. I, I, I Oh, did you? Did you see... Yeah, yeah. Did you see the scarves? Aren't uh, those? Oh, I love the scarves for fifty dollars. Fifty dollar pledge, you can get the KMSU. It's a rugby scarf, and 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 it's um, our colors up here. It's purple and gold. Yeah, it's just really nice. And did you see the special? So you can get the KMSU mug plus the scarf, and it's called the bundle up bundle. So instead of like pledging twice once for each of those, it would be eighty bucks. You can get it for seventy five dollar pledge. The bundle up bundle with the scarf and the mug. That's fantastic. And we're throwing in some cocoa. Oh, wow. And you know what? Our cups are so nice. I've had one of those for quite some time now. Yeah. And and they're yellow. You look at it and you think sunshine. Right. And they and they microwavable and dishwasher safe, etc. So, yeah, well, it would help if you, you give us a call now, make a pledge. We'll match dollar for dollar. And it also shows you're supporting shows like 
those with barb lamps and who's been a volunteer here for 35 plus yes. years. Yeah. Yes. And loved every minute of it. Oh. And, and we love you, our listeners. You are so great when we hear from you. We get your questions or we meet you at different events. It is just so nice to know that you're out there and that you're listening. And we learn from them as well. So oh, Absolutely. So first of all, big thank you to each and every one of you. Yeah, absolutely. So give us a call. I'll give you the numbers 507-389-5678. 